Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Acts chapter 19 and verse 1. The setting is about 20 years after the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out in the book of Acts. I believe roughly about 23 years later. It says, And Apollos was in Corinth, and Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Can you read this together with me? He asked them what? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, No, we've not even heard there is a Holy Spirit. I want to point out something about that. Did you receive the Holy Spirit? Do you know the gift that come, the gifts that come from the Lord have to be received? God's not a pusher. He's not going to push it off on you. He's not going to push salvation off on you. He's not going to push the Holy Spirit off on you. He's not going to push blessing off on you. He's not going to push anything. The joy off on you? No. He said, uh, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No, we haven't even heard if there was such a Holy Spirit. I want to talk this morning about some things that can be confusing and just kind of dive right into it. In the church at large, there's all kinds of terms. There's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. There's the baptism with the Holy Spirit. There's uh, the Holy Spirit coming upon you, the Holy Spirit within you, being filled with the Holy Spirit. And sometimes all of these terms just get all jumbled up, and we think, I guess it all means the same thing. But can I tell you, that's where the confusion is. It doesn't all mean the same thing. And I want to just show you straight out of the Word. We're just going to read some scriptures in the Word, and you can, uh, with the Holy Spirit's help, you can uh, make your own decision on it. But we want to talk about this morning some of these terms. Here's what I want. I want everyone to feel confident with the subject of the Holy Spirit. I know most people really don't feel confident with talking about the subject of the Holy Spirit. Other than, yeah, we believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit, right? I mean, we believe in the Holy Spirit. But talking about some of these terms, I want you to feel comfortable with it. I remember when I was 15 and a half years old, my, my very first summer job was in construction. And, uh, and I remember in construction, they, we had this tool belt. And they said, you have to go buy these tools, you know, all these different tools. And I put on this tool belt, and I didn't know anything about how I knew what a hammer looked like, and I knew what a screwdriver looked like. But I did my best to try to stay away from tools, because I always thought if I figured out what they meant, then I'd, then I'd have to use them all the time. And I'd rather just play piano and guitar and, and kind of stay away from that and leave it to the people who were good at it. Because I was going to, if I built your building, it may fall down, okay? So I just leave it to the people who are gifted at it. But I remember, uh, you know, pulling out even a hammer, and I thought, yeah, I know, I know how to use a hammer. And I remember trying to, you know, I'm holding a hammer. I'm, I'm so um, afraid uh, sharing this this morning because I see so many master craftsmen in this room. <laughs> You're so good at this, so just laugh at me, okay? But I remember this hammer, and it was a bigger than the, the little uh, Walmart hammers that, you know, we used to get, but it was like a man's hammer. And, and so I'd take that, and I'd grab it about halfway in the hand, and I'd go to pound in these nails, and the nails weren't going in. And then, you know, someone's like, move out the way, boy. You know, and they grab the same hammer and they go, bam, bam. And that thing goes in. And I thought, 
you're the man. How did you do that? Well, it wasn't just, and I'm thinking, looking at his muscles, is he stronger? No, it, it was, they'd say, you, you know, if you want to get some more force on it, you have to pull back on the grip, and you have to use your, you know, and then I'm trying to use my whole arm. My arm's tired after a while, and they're saying, no, you have to use your wrist. And, and, and man, I was worn out mentally by the end of the day, just because trying to figure out how the tools work, Right? You know, spiritually, that's how it can get sometimes, too. The Bible says we've been blessed with every spiritual gift in the heavenly places, but sometimes we avoid even talking about them or using them because we think, I don't really know how they all work, so let's let someone, hey, can you pray for me? <laughs> hey, can you, I don't, I'm not feeling well, can you, hey, can you do this, can you do this, can you, because we don't really feel comfortable with them. My heart and my goal, and I believe the Lord's, is that as we talk about the subject of the Holy Spirit, is that you'd feel more and more comfortable talking about this subject. So let's go over this. We're going to talk about three baptisms. The word baptism simply means to be immersed in. To be immersed in. Okay? There's three baptisms. Number one is the baptism into the body of Christ. The baptism into the body of Christ. That's salvation. That's when we got saved. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13 says, For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. We are all baptized into one body, and that's the body of Christ. I want you to notice, though, the, the underline there, and I, I put it there under the word by. It says, for by one spirit. By one spirit. Who here is doing the baptism? Well, it's the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit we're baptized into Christ. By one spirit, we're baptized into Christ. When we experience salvation, we were baptized into the same body, the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit is the one who baptized us into Christ. He's the one doing the baptism. This is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but it's not the baptism in the Holy Spirit. When you got saved, that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit baptized you into the body of Christ. But that's not the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I'll show you this. The Holy Spirit, before you were saved, drew you in. He convicted you of sin. He helped you to see that you were separated from God and that you needed a Savior. And what he did was he drew you to Jesus so that you can come and make Jesus the Lord of your life. He would pull you in from your sinful state and made you recognize that you needed a Savior, which was Jesus. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 says this, You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. Notice that when you were saved, you were baptized into Christ. Romans chapter 12 and verse 4, it says this, For just as each one of us has one body with many members... And these members do not all have the same function. He says in verse 5, So in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Which means that when we're saved, we say, Well, didn't the Holy Spirit help us to get saved? He absolutely did. He baptized us into Christ Jesus. If you made Jesus the Lord of your life and you call yourself a believer, you're saved, you're going to heaven, you don't need any other work than the free work that was paid on the cross, and that was through Jesus Christ. Can somebody say amen? The second baptism is water baptism. Water baptism. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, Jesus said shortly before he left, he said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. 
in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I don't think in the body of Christ there's much you know, controversy or much confusion about that. And I think one of it is because we see who's doing the baptism. You know, if a guy's, we have a baptism up here and a guy's dunking a person, putting his head underwater, we don't say, is that Jesus doing that? No, that's Bill doing that, right? Bill's baptizing or the pastor's doing that or a person's doing that. They're baptizing the person. And that's what Jesus said. You, brothers and sisters, go out into all the world and baptize people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Baptize believers and that it'll show their outward work of their inward decision for Christ. In the book of Acts, chapter 2 and verse 41, it says that those who accepted his message were baptized. Those who accepted his message were baptized. That's water baptism. Can somebody say water baptism? Okay, that's the second kind of baptism. Matthew chapter 10, verse 32. It says, whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. See, baptism doesn't save you. Some people might even teach that, that, well, you have to be baptized in water in order to be saved. But baptism doesn't save you. Otherwise, salvation would come through God's work and your work. Because you'd have to come get baptized. You'd have to go make the decision to be baptized. The baptism into Jesus comes as a free gift that we open our hearts to him. Water baptism is really going public. It's saying, I'm making a public profession of my faith to everybody around and letting them know that I'm going under the old is dead, it's buried, and the new life has come when I rise, uh, when I come out of the water again. It's a symbol, it's a sign of what happened, the inner work of the Lord in our lives. So water baptism doesn't save you. It's going public. It shows your acknowledgement and your decision for Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 is one of the most beautiful pictures, I think, of water baptism. And it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses. What do we do with dead people? We bury them, right? It says you he made alive who were dead. So baptism is a symbol of your old man being dead. Dead men don't sin. Dead men aren't tempted, right? We're getting baptized because the old is gone. All things have become new. Even when, verse 5, when we were dead in trespasses, he says, he made us alive together with Christ, for by grace you've been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's a beautiful picture of what baptism does. It's that you're dead, you're buried, and that you're raised to new life. But there is a third kind of baptism, and that's the baptism with the Holy Spirit. The most popular person who baptized was named John the, what's his name? John the, John the Baptist, right? He's the most popular person. He even had it in, you know, in his name, right? John the Baptist, okay? That's, that's what we call him. That's what the Bible calls him. Matthew chapter 3 verse 11 says this. I indeed baptize you, this is John speaking. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. Listen, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Can you say with the Holy Spirit and fire? Now, I don't think there's any disagreement on who he's talking about. Who is he referring to when he said, we'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire? It's Jesus. Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So paraphrasing, it, he's saying this. He's saying, I'm immersing you. I'm dunking you underwater for repentance. 
But Jesus, he's going to immerse reborn people in the fire of the Holy Spirit. That's Jesus' role. That's what he's going to do. That's why we'll see that one of the last things Jesus talked about was the Holy Spirit's coming. One of the last things he, ta- he talked about before he left, before he died, after he came back on the first day, and the last thing he said before he left, hey guys, the Holy Spirit. Why? Because that's his role is to baptize us with the Holy Spirit. Now, I always like to, in the scripture it says that out of the mouth of two or three witnesses let everything be established. In other words, I don't like to teach anything just because I found it somewhere in the scripture. Because how many of you know you could find any scripture, twist it, and make it say something that could lead you way, way astray? There are so many scriptures that show this, but I'm just going to show you a few this morning. And if you need more, we have more, okay? Uh, Jesus baptized with the Holy Spirit. There's four gospels in the Bible. And what are the four gospels? Matthew, Mark, Luke. And John. In these four Gospels, it tells the story of Jesus by, you know, the Holy Spirit. But through these, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, through the writings of these four, from different perspectives and emphasizing different uh, aspects of Jesus' ministry. There's very few stories and very few statements that appear in all four Gospels. Some of them you'll see in one. Some of them you'll see in two. Some of them you'll see in three. But there's very few that have the same statements And the same things in all four. One of the things that are in all four Gospels is the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But can I tell you another thing that we find in all four Gospels is this exact statement that's said in Matthew chapter 28. And it says in Mark 1.8, it says, I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. See, it's in all four Gospels because this is a a central truth that we find in the Bible. He will baptize you. Who's the he? Jesus. In the book of Luke 3.16, it says, John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. He, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And then we also read in the book of John 1.33. It says, I did not know, but he who sent me to baptize you with water said to me, upon whom you see the Holy Spirit descending and remaining on him. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So who is it that's baptizing with the Holy Spirit back then? Jesus. Who baptizes with the Holy Spirit today? Jesus does. What was he baptizing with or what was he baptizing in or who was he baptizing in? The Holy Spirit. Jesus, in all these cases, was baptizing with the Holy Spirit. In other words, only Jesus performs this baptism, immersing you in the Holy Spirit. It's shown in all four Gospels. Once we're in Jesus, Jesus' role is to baptize you in the Holy Spirit or with the Holy Spirit. Now I want you to compare that with 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which we read earlier on the very first point. By one spirit we were baptized into one body. This is the Holy Spirit baptizing you into Jesus. But once you're in Jesus, Jesus' role is to baptize you with the Holy Spirit or in the Holy Spirit. These two cannot possibly be the same baptism. They're two different baptisms. But many people teach these two baptisms as one event. Many people teach that there are only two baptisms. There's a spiritual baptism that we have, and that's a baptism by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. And then there's water baptism, that you come and have water baptism, and you get water baptized by a person, and that's a physical baptism that shows that you've been baptized into the body of Christ. But the scripture repeatedly, 
over and over describes that there is a third baptism where Jesus baptizes you into the Holy Spirit. I told you at the beginning of this series, don't believe me. Don't believe the church you came from. Believe the word of God. And you tell me if it says something else, and we'll go over some of these scriptures here. The scripture repeatedly describes the third baptism. Jesus even believed in it so much that he commanded his disciples. Do you know the last thing he said wasn't go into all the world? The last thing he said, he said go into all the world, but the last thing he said before his ascension in the book of Luke was wait. Not go. Wait. Wait for what? To be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not go. Wait. This is what Jesus said. Luke chapter 24, verse 49 says this. Behold, I send the promise of my Father. Last thing Jesus said before he ascended. He said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry or wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power. See, some are cautious and some are afraid of the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Some just get freaked out about it. not against y'all. I mean, you're nice people and all, but I don't, I don't really know about that. What could you be afraid about? Listen, it's Jesus who came and gave his life and loves you and wants to love you and bless you. Who's the one baptizing you? And it's the Holy Spirit that he's baptizing you in or with. Where, where, how can you go wrong? <laughs> You're being baptized by Jesus in the Holy Spirit. I mean, what an amazing gift that he gives us. You may have heard of the preacher D.L. Moody, Dwight L. Moody. He was a powerful evangelist and pastor and author and had Moody Bible Institute. In his autobiography, I'm going to read something. It says this, in in the late 1800s, Moody was a pastor of a church in Chicago, which met in a rented room. He thought he was doing pretty well in the ministry, but eventually these two elderly free Methodist women in his congregation, Auntie Cook and Mrs. Snow, began to pray for Moody to receive the baptism and the Holy Spirit. When these prayer warriors told him what they'd be asking God to do in his life, he thanked them for their prayers, but tactfully explained that he received all the Holy Spirit that there was to get when he was saved. But I appreciate it. Thank you, right? According to Moody, as these women tenaciously continued to pray for him, he began to realize that he didn't have much in the way of supernatural power operating in his ministry, at least not the kind that he saw flowing Uh, through the ordinary Christians found in the Bible. In Acts chapter 2, he saw clearly that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon a person was what imparted the power to be a witness for Jesus. He ultimately came to the conclusion that he indeed lacked another baptism. So he began to pray for it. And he also asked the two women if they would pray for him to receive the outpouring of God's power. Not long afterward, God answered the cry of D.L. Moody's heart. Moody had been invited to preach in England for a few days before his ship was scheduled to depart, and he was in New York City. One day, he was taking a walk when something remarkable happened. As his friend R.A. Torrey uh, described in later years, he said this, he was, R.A. Torrey said, he was walking up Wall Street in New York in the midst of the bustle and hurry of that city, and his prayer was answered. The power of God fell upon him, and he walked up the street, and he had to hurry off to the house of a friend and ask that he might have a room by himself. And in that room, he stayed alone for hours. And the Holy Spirit came upon him, filling his soul with such joy that at last he had to ask God to withhold his hand lest he die from the spot of very joy. 
He went out from the, the place with the power of the Holy Ghost upon his life. And when he got to London, the power of God wrought him mightily in North London. And hundreds were added to the church. Can I tell you though, here's a man of God, studied the word, knew the word of God, but just said, I've got all the Holy Spirit that I need. Would anyone in here admit that if God has something extra for you, if God has a fullness for you, that regardless of what you believe, and you knew it was from God, and you knew it was Jesus who was going to give it to you, and you knew it was of the Spirit of God, that you'd want to receive. Come on, how many would say yes? See, I don't know how you wouldn't want to receive other than where Jesus said the traditions of man have made the word of God of no effect. That sometimes we get taught things, and sometimes the, the, the teaching of things builds up such a resistance that we realize God has something more for you. There's a third baptism we're talking about. Jesus loved us so much that he's doing the baptism, and God the Holy Spirit is who we're being baptized in. There's two separate experiences. There's salvation and the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Now, if you don't believe, listen up to these four points. There's more than four. I'm just going to share four. Okay, in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts chapter 1 and 2, in Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, it says, Be assembled together. He, Jesus, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Jesus is saying this, so I think we believe Jesus. He's saying, wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Jesus is telling his disciples who were already had received him, who were already open to him, who had already called themselves believers. He said, you still need to wait because something, there's a third baptism that hasn't happened in your life. You're going to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So in Acts chapter 8, just a couple verses later, it says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to all the ends of the earth. And then in Acts chapter 2, this is where they all waited. 120 were in the upper room, and they waited. And it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, pente means five, and cost is really times ten, so it's Pentecost, the 50, there's nothing, you know, religious about that word. It's really, it means 50. When 50 days had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now, who did Jesus say they were going to be baptized with? The Holy Spirit. So it wasn't just a sound. It was, the sound came, but it was really the Holy Spirit. And it says, and there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Can we all say that? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Say it one more time. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, I know someone's sitting there and thinking, oh, man, you're going to talk about tongues here? I ain't doing tongues. <laughs> no, listen. They weren't anticipating any of this. They just did what Jesus asked them to do. They just waited on the promise of the Father. If, if Jesus told you to wait, would you wait? I'd wait. And however the Lord, whatever the Lord wanted to pour out, out on me, they didn't have a, a class, a discipleship class about it or instruction on what to do or here's how to say sha-la-la or anything. They didn't, they didn't go through any, any type thing. They just waited. They just did what Jesus said to do. They waited. And so... The Bible says, and the Holy Spirit, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So listen, 
What this means is in these verses, being baptized with, you'll see that in the, the first one that I read, being baptized with or in the Holy Spirit in Acts 1.5, the Holy Spirit coming upon you, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and being filled with the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 2, verse 4, they're all talking about the same thing. All of those are the same thing. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit coming upon you, and being filled with the Holy Spirit are all the same thing. It's just saying it in different ways. I want you to notice also that who he was speaking with, the disciples were baptized with the Holy Spirit after they were born again. They were already born again, but he said you need to go get baptized with the Holy Spirit. Number two, so that's the first place that shows that, that salvation and being baptized in the Holy Spirit or with the Holy Spirit are two distinct events. They could happen simultaneously together, but they're two distinct things. It's a different baptism. Number two is in Acts chapter 8. It happened in about 80, 34, about four years later. I only say, tell you the times on this because there's some people who say, well, that happened in Acts chapter 2, but that's when he poured out his spirit, and that's kind of it. Whoever got it, got it. Whoever didn't, were jacked. Right? No, but I want to show you, four years later, right, in Acts chapter 8, the Bible says that Philip went down to the city of Samaria and he preached Christ to them. What, who did he preach? Christ. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying, out, crying aloud came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and the lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. Verse 12 says, but when they believed, can you say believed? When they believed Philip, so they were believers, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. So they believed, they got water baptized, they were baptized, so they were baptized into Christ, they were baptized in water. And then in verse 14, it says, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, what does that mean? It means they were saved. He, they heard that they'd received the word of God. They sent Peter and John down to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Notice they received Jesus, but they prayed for them. They knew they received the word of God, but they hadn't received the Holy Spirit yet. And it says that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for as yet he had fallen on none of them. Notice they were believers, but the Holy Spirit hadn't fallen on them yet. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Notice, there's a different baptism. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Who did they receive? The Holy Spirit. Notice again, they believed, they received the Word of God, and they were baptized in water, but they still needed to be baptized in the Spirit. The third place that I want to show you, again, there's many more, I'm just going to show you four. The third place is in Acts chapter 9, about 80, 35, five years after Pentecost. And this was when Saul was on the road to Emmaus, remember, and he got saved. Jesus said, why are you... Uh, coming against me, right? And then Saul, God sent this guy Ananias to go meet Saul to get him filled with the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit had come upon him. Acts chapter 9 verse 17 says, And Ananias went his way, entered the house, and laying hands on him, he said to him, Brother Saul, notice, Brother Saul, he was a believer. He had already called out to God. He was actually obeying God by going where he was going. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came, he sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. What does it mean? It means he was saved. He had already been baptized into Jesus, but he hadn't been filled with the Holy Spirit yet. There was another baptism. Then I'm going to show you a fourth one, Acts chapter 19. This is 23 years after Pentecost. 
Remember, the book of Acts is really just the first church. We're still in the book of Acts. This is still the church. This was just the first church. 23 years later, in Acts chapter 19, it was really the first uh, verse that we read when we started this morning. It says, And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, and finding some disciples. Notice who he found. He, He found disciples, believers. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, why were you baptized then? And they said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is in Christ Jesus. In other words, he wanted to lead you to Christ, right? And they're saying, well, we have Christ. We were baptized into repentance. The Bible says, and when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So obviously they said, hey, we affirm that. They got water, baptized them in the name of the Lord Jesus. Look at verse 6, though. It says, and when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Notice that they were baptized into Jesus, they were baptized with water, but they still hadn't been baptized with the Holy Spirit, so the Holy Spirit came upon them. Some think that it was, again, only for Acts chapter 2 people, but Acts is the first church, and here's some 20 years later this is happening. Paul still thought it was important, some 20 years after the book of Acts, that people, even though they were saved, they weren't baptized with the Holy Spirit and in the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit is available to everyone. The gift of the Holy Spirit is available to everyone. In Luke chapter 11, verse 13, Jesus said this. He said, if you then being evil know how to give give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? How do you receive the Holy Spirit? You ask Also, you see in the Bible where hands are laid on you. But there's a lot of people that I know that received the empowerment or the gift of the Holy Spirit or they were baptized in the Holy Spirit just on their own as they opened up their heart and asked the Lord. Also, remember, this is called the gift of the Holy Spirit. A gift is free. You don't earn it. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to live a perfect week and then say, okay, on Saturday I'm going to get it because I'm going to live five perfect days you're not going to live five perfect days anyway right you receive it it's free but also it's a good thing a gift is a good thing that he's given you and then in the book of acts chapter 38 chapter 2 verse 38 this is after they were baptized with the holy spirit and people said man they're drunk because these guys are these guys are all over the place where'd they come from what kind of church is that (laughs) i want to (laughs) go right And he said, no, these aren't drunk as you suppose. But he goes on and he says, Peter replied in verse 38, Acts 2.38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Listen, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children and all who are afar off, for as many as the Lord our God will call. What is he saying? If you're in Jesus, you have to be saved first. But if you're baptized in Jesus, you qualify to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. There was a story that I read, and some of you may have heard this before. Years ago, before transatlantic flight was common, a man wanted to travel the United States from Europe. Listen, the man worked hard, and he saved every penny he could find, and he finally just had enough money to purchase the ticket for a cruise ship. That's the way they traveled. 
The trip at that time required about two to three weeks to cross the ocean. And he went out and he bought a suitcase and he filled it with cheese and crackers because that's all he could afford. Once on board, all the other passengers went to the large, ornate dining rooms, ate all the gourmet meals. Meanwhile, the poor man would go over in the corner, eat his cheese and crackers. This went on day after day and he could smell the delicious food being served in the dining hall. He heard the other passengers speak of it in glowing terms as they rubbed their bellies and complained about how full they were and how they have to go on a diet after this trip. And the poor traveler wanted to join the other guests in the dining room, but he had no extra money. Sometimes he'd lie awake at night dreaming of the sumptuous meals that the other guests described. So toward the end of the trip, another man came up to him and said, Sir, I can't help but notice that you were always over there eating some cheese and crackers at mealtimes. Why don't you come into the banquet hall and eat with us? The traveler, traveler's face flushed with some embarrassment. Well, I'll tell you the truth. I only had enough money to buy the ticket. I don't have any extra money to purchase any fancy meals. The other passenger raised his eyebrows in surprise. He shook his head and said, Sir, you don't realize the meals are included in the price of the ticket. Your meals have already been paid for. Can I tell you, that's how we are sometimes with things of the Lord, is God's already provided stuff for us. And the Holy Spirit's not stuff. He's already provided the great things of God for us. And we can just sit over here with our little cheese and crackers and say, I'm good. Not me. Mm -mm. I want all that God has. I don't want more than what God has, because that's getting into the enemy's territory. But how many would say with me this morning, I want everything that God has for my life. Come on, how many would say this morning, would you put up your hand and just say, I want everything that God has for me in my life. I want to close with these questions. If being baptized with the Holy Spirit was so important to Jesus that he talked about it on the night before he died, on the day that he was raised from the dead, and on his last day here on earth, is this something that would be important for us? If this is available to everybody, wouldn't you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Come on, how many would say? Forget nobody's looking at you. You think somebody's, somebody, man, this is, somebody's going to disown me. I've been taught this is wrong. You've been robbed. You've been robbed. I didn't say this. Jesus said it. I'm not baptizing you. Jesus does this is available to everyone, wouldn't you want it? And did you receive, listen, this, this question, did you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit when you believed? Just answer that yourself. Did you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Paul asked these people that, and I'm asking you that this morning. Did you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit when you believe? If not, I want us to pray right now. Could everybody bow your heads and close your eyes? I'm not looking for a demonstration I'm not looking, nobody's going to come up here and shake you. Nobody's going to ask you to yell out or speak out in tongues or do anything like that. But listen, all I want is a genuine move of God. Can somebody agree with me? All I want is the real. If it's fake, if it's phony baloney, I'll be the first to run away from it. Can you open your hearts up to God this morning? Come on, let's affirm our faith. Say, Jesus, you're my Lord and my Savior this morning. Let's affirm our faith, church. Say, Jesus, you're my Lord and my Savior this morning. 
Would you open your heart, open your hands to him and say, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross. Jesus, I believe that you took all of my sins. Jesus, I believe that I'm baptized and part of the body of Christ. And I thank you for that today. And if you haven't been water baptized, according to the commandment of the Lord, say, Jesus, I'm going to be water baptized or I have been water baptized. Lord, I want to do that. I'm going to make a public declaration of my faith. And if you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit or in the Holy Spirit, would you open your heart right now and say, say, Father, I ask you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Come on, open, open up your heart right now. Say, Jesus, baptize me in the Holy Spirit right now. Jesus, baptize me with the Holy Spirit right now. Jesus, baptize me. And let's say it out just like we receive salvation. Say, I'm baptized with the Holy Spirit. Come on, let's say it out. I'm baptized with the Holy Spirit right now. Jesus, you baptize me with the Holy Spirit right now. And can we just begin to on our own just worship God right where we are? Lord, I love you today. Lord, I thank you today for baptizing us with your Spirit. I thank you for baptizing us with your Spirit right now. Jesus, I thank you for baptizing us with the Holy Spirit right now. I thank you that we can be close to you. I thank you that you empower us. Can you thank him right now? Thank you for the empowerment of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the empowerment of your Holy Spirit to do the works of God. Thank you for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to be a witness for Jesus. Oh, we thank you today, Jesus. We thank you today, Jesus. We receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit right now as a church. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.